the Cranmer Show. This show is brought to you by Bing Pot Trivia. How many times have you been to a trivia night where it just felt like somebody reading questions? Well, Bing Pot Trivia prides themselves on bringing high-energy, dynamic hosts to every event. The show leans heavily on visual elements. Their questions are designed to make you laugh or roll your eyes, while also challenging your knowledge on pop culture, high school science, culinary arts, and everything in between. Their typical show runs five rounds, including a photo round, general knowledge on pop culture, riffs on different game shows, absurd 50-50 questions, and a super sweet music round. Check out bingpottrivia.com today to book your trivia night. Again, that is a bingpottrivia.com. Tell my boy Danny that your friend Quinn sent you. All right, let's get on with the show. My next guest is a pretty special one for me. From forming his band in 2007, living in trailer parks for six months with no electricity or running water, to playing with the likes of Cody Simpson, Down with Webster, Zendaya, and more, to eventually gaining the key to the city of Bowmanville. <laughs> it's my absolute pe- pleasure to welcome to the Quinmar Show, 11 past one drummer, Steve Patno. Steve, what's going on? How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. I'm good. Thank you for uh, coming on here. I really appreciate it. Um, okay, so just to get started... Uh, I want to just start growing up in Bowmanville. So I'm obviously from Bowmanville. So that's why it was really important for me to get you on here. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, I was like, I was just telling you before we started recording that I was watching uh, the 11 past one vlogs that you guys did about <laughs> nine, 10 years ago, something like yeah, that. Feels um, like and you guys ago. told the story, the story on there about how you guys met and started the band. But I just, can you just like retell that story? Yeah. So, um, Living in Bowmanville, obviously, um, went to Bowmanville High School. I don't know what school you went to, but uh, went to Bowmanville High School. Oh, nice. Right on. So uh, in about grade 10, Steve, the guitarist, uh, we had, I don't know if it was auto class or shop class or something together. I forget now, but uh, somebody set the school on fire. And so everybody loves a, a school fire. You get to leave class and that's what we're all about at the time, right? So, uh, so anyways, he didn't have anywhere to go because he lived still in Bowenville, but more north. And uh, my parents, they lived uh, closer to the school. So basically, we're just hanging out in front of the uh, school in the parking lot. And I was just like, yeah, well, if your mom can't come and grab you or whatever, you can just come over to my place. And then growing up, I played, I started piano real, real young, like four years old, I think. And I went all through Royal Conservatory for that. So I had obviously piano set up and then through that I taught myself drums and guitar and whatnot. So I always had all the instruments kind of set up and then he came over and he's just like, oh, you play drums? I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, oh, I play guitar. And at the time he was, I think he was rocking guitar at like Parkwood Estates or something like for for lunches or something. Anyways. um, Billy Madison. Yeah, exactly. Good old Oshawa. And, uh, And so... Yeah, we started jamming, and then we're just like, "Oh, this is this is cool." Like we've, I before him, I've jammed with other people and tried to get little things going at you know grade eight, grade seven talent shows and whatnot. But uh, but then he mentioned that his brother sang, and his brother was kind of doing his own thing at the time through the church and stuff. And so, yeah, we went over to his place and started jamming, and then uh, we played with his brother at a at the Oshawa band shell there, and then. We're like, yeah, we should probably start writing our own songs. And there's only three of us right now. So he's like, well, my brother, Joey, he uh, he plays bass and he's home. So he came up and started jamming. And then their their friend, Nathan Mima at the time, he played guitar. And next thing you know, we uh, we had a band together. That's such a home, like a uh, small town thing. Literally, you just said like, hey, a random kid you didn't even know. Hey, want to come over? And then yeah. you guys just start freaking, you guys uh, become a band together. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I mean, we knew each other, but uh, we never really hung out or anything out, before yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it was that's, cool. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. So the band members now compared to the, what you guys started, it's a little bit different. So the what was the original four? It was you, Steven, uh, Daniel, and Justin. So the original, original, because I think for a lot of people, there's a whole 11 past one that that nobody's really familiar with. They heard the world is ours and then they kind of picked up from there. But before all that, we were 11 past one, um, more kind of rock, actually, a little bit more rock. We had an album that we recorded down in L.A. with a producer named Dean DeChoso and called The Ultimate Catch. And uh, so for that, there was 
me, Steve, Dan, and then their brother, Joey, and Nathan, uh, Mima, who I was talking about. That was the original. And then through the years, Joey went off to, to pursue a different career. And so that's where we went through a bunch of different bases at the time. And, uh, and then same with guitar, Nathan, he kind of did his own thing. So that's when, um, that's when Kyle, Kyle Bykiv, he's from Oshawa. That's when he joined in. And so after that, there was me, Steve, Dan, Kyle, and this guy from New Brunswick, Dan Beatty. Uh, he was on the base. He was on the base. And that was like kind of the, the formation for, I guess the boom of 11 past one, if you could call it that. And then right. uh, after, yeah, Justin joined on base for, for a while and yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm trying to get the the boring questions out of the way. So yeah, man. Shoot. The, the name 11 past one, where'd you guys come up with that? So that's actually a weird kind of story. So um, our whole story is about four hours long and it goes into all these unique little events that kind of had to happen for certain things to happen. And it just, everything aligned and it was awesome. But uh, way back when we got called to go to Missouri to start a tour from Missouri to our goal was to go from Missouri to California. Um, we didn't have a band name for the longest time. We were just going by the Daniel Richter band because what else are we going to call ourselves? And then yeah. we were kind of sitting at the table and trying to come up with band names. I mean, we were putting, we went to Google and was like, put your street name with your pet's name and then maybe reverse it or whatever. It was, it was kind of crazy, but, uh, but then we looked at the time and it was one, one, one. And oddly enough, we all kind of, uh, saw one 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 everywhere like all the time just random little things kind of like the eleven eleven thing for mm -hmm. for some people but uh but yeah we saw 11 past one and and uh we thought oh 11 past one that's kind of catchy and and so we decided to go with that and then even the crazier things like just weird things where the whole road is closed because of snow or whatever and you pop into a hotel and what do you know? The only room available, one, one, one. That I think that was pretty crazy. But the craziest is uh, at Steve's parents' house. They have a house and then a, a conjoined house where uh, where his grandma kind of lived. And they found her clock after ten or eleven years or something like that when they were cleaning it all out. And uh, yeah, sure enough, what time did the stop on? <laughs> what or what time? What time did the uh, time stop on? Eleven past one, pretty wild. Weird. So yeah. Okay, so yeah, you're seeing a, you're seeing one eleven all the time. Was that ever an idea of naming the band one eleven, or was it always eleven past one? I think maybe during our discussion at the table that one night, maybe yeah. it came up. But eleven past one just it just kind of stuck with everyone. So yeah, that that seems like it's something you can't really you shouldn't or can't really force as a name. Like it, it has yeah. to it has to either be like something weird like that or just like it has to be like random, I think, or it has to come to you instead of like you guys coming up with it. Like you said, like you're trying to like, like Google ways yeah. to come up with the name. Right. So it was like, yeah, it, it had to be it was something weird. So no, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, it was, a, uh, it was an interesting night. That's for sure. Went, so, went a long um, way. Was there in between you guys calling yourselves like the Daniel Richter band to 11 past one, or was it just literally from there to there? Like, was there ever another name you guys had or? No, so it was yeah the Daniel Richter band, and then from there, I'm trying to think now, but uh, no, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, we went from Daniel Richter band, and then right to Eleven Past One, and then uh, we contemplated changing it at one point when we uh, when we lived in L.A. We ended up at Gene Simmons' house, and he had all this crazy. But some of it, good advice for us. And at the time, he was saying, you got to change your name to 111. And the more I kind of think about it, the more I like it, 111. But, uh, but it never stuck with us. We were, we were already rocking at the time. So 11 past one is what it stayed as. Yeah, I mean, like, normally, if you're going to get advice from Gene Simmons, you're probably going to take it. <laughs> but, like, if you, you guys had a gut feeling, you're going to keep the name. But, like, hold yeah. on, let's, let's dive into that. How the hell did you guys end up at Gene Simmons' house? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so random i mean obviously yeah. LA, there's all the celebrities but like i could go to la tomorrow and i'm not going to be a gene simmons house so let's yeah so so we 
we did this album with Dean DeChoso when we were in LA uh, in California, Studio City. We were doing this album for felt like years, but uh, probably six or seven months. And once it was finished, uh, I remember we used to live on Havenhurst Street, it's called. It's kind of sunset meets Havenhurst, and we we had an apartment there. And uh, and so one day we grabbed one of those star mats that you can get, and uh, Gene Simmons' house was on there, and his actual real house, believe it or not. And so uh, we thought, oh, wow, that's crazy. And either Dan or Steve or someone mentioned that Gene had opened a record label here called Simmons Records or something like that. And we're Canadian, and his wife's Canadian, and so... One day on our drive, we just decided, uh, let's take a CD and we'll throw it over his fence and you never know what happens, right? So uh, so we did and nothing happened. And so while we were out on another cruise one time, we stopped in again and they have like a speaker with like a rock in it because everything's all gated. You can't really see much of anybody's houses depending. And, uh, and so, yeah, basically... Uh, I just hit the rock and the speaker came on and a lady came on and she said, yeah. And I said, uh, yeah, we're here with our meeting for, uh, for one o'clock with Gene Simmons. And she said, Oh, okay, come on in. <laughs> the gate opened. Oh, no. and I'm just like, <laughs> we're driving up and I think it hit us when we got in the driveway and we saw his actual house. We're like, Oh, what now we're at Gene Simmons house. Like what's going on here? And, uh, yeah, he met us at the door and, and, uh, yeah, we went into his office and basically everything you can imagine with Gene Simmons' face on it was in there. I mean, everything. That there's guy loves money. Oh, so mer just merchandise with him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's wild. And so, uh, so yeah, we, we went over the album with him and he was giving us some suggestions and whatnot. And then uh, after that, fast forward, I don't even know how much longer or how much after that was, uh, he came to Toronto to see us at... Um, Oh, what was the place? Cherry Colas, I think it was. Some kind of like burlesque looking setup place. I don't know. It's strange. But uh, yeah, he came down to see us there. And and that's when I discovered the, the Kiss Army. Holy. Oh, dude, it, it, it's big. My dad's a part of it. He, lo he loves Kiss. Yeah, yeah. Once we played the show, there was like thousands of DMs like asking there's people that are all against us because we got to meet him and he came to see us and all this stuff and yeah it was it was pretty wild it was pretty cool but uh the end we didn't end up uh we didn't end up going with him we ended up going with uh with warner but uh yeah it was fun not, that's not a uh, bad one to fall back on i just love how he like didn't really question you're at his house yeah he he kind of was impressed he's like i love when people make up new ways to to kind of meet me and this is yeah. definitely a first that's yeah. Yeah. Um, okay let's go back a little bit so like i mentioned about the trailer park thing so you guys went on tour in 2009 and i was reading up they just said you guys just grabbed the trailer hooked up to the suv and then just like cut to the to the u.s so what made you guys want to just all of a sudden be like you know what let's just leave for six months and then how'd you end up all these trailer parks <laughs> yeah so accurate that was where i read it but it's uh it's pretty accurate actually let me see if i can Grab this here. So this is us jamming in no front of way. our trailer at the time. That's so sick. Yeah, this is a long, it's a long time ago. That's in uh, Daytona. Oh my god! That's but uh, but yeah. So basically, again, all our stories are novels, but. Uh, but yeah, so that's, Dan, that's what a podcast is for. I love yeah, it. Yeah, all go. the time you, you need. Yeah. So um, at one point, our singer, Dan, he went down for like a fun party trip to LA. And while he was there, he met this person, Sean. And Sean was a part of or started or something, this beta records, independent record label out of, uh, out of Hollywood. And Dan was kind of telling him, yeah, we've got a band and blah, blah, blah. And so we ended up going back down at some point after to meet Sean ourselves. And we ended up playing uh, San Fernando Valley. They had some kind of festival going on. So uh, we got to play a show at that festival, which was awesome. It's probably our biggest show up to that point, which was awesome. And then once we got home, um, Sean reached out and he was like, hey, so 
uh, I have a camper RV kind of, I think it was an RV at the time. Anyways, he had either a trailer or an RV or something. And if you, if you guys want to make it kind of thing, you guys should come down to Missouri. I'll set up a bunch of shows for you. And then, uh, we can work our way kind of around. So like at, at this time when he's calling you saying this, like one, how old are you? And two, like, what were you doing at the time? Like work-wise, were you at school? Like what was your like personal life like? So I'm pretty sure that was right out of high school, like oh, right out. True. Because I remember it was planned because I remember at commencement for grade 12 or whatever, I remember saying something like they ask you what your plans are or whatever. And we were like, yeah, we're going down. <laughs> We're going on tour in the States. Like it sounded so wild, but uh, of course, until it happens. What, yeah. Was your commencement at the end of the year. Cause later on they moved it to like the following winter. So yours would have been before that. Then obviously yours would have been the end of the yeah. year, like a, June, a June thing. I think so, June. Yeah. Yeah. I think true. June. Okay. I think so. Yeah. I can't remember now to be honest. Yeah, but, uh, I think it was June, but, uh, but yeah, so we ended up um, Dan and Steve's, and, and Joey's parents let us take the Denali, uh, which was awesome. And then we bought a, like a 1970s, 30, 35 foot camp trailer and, uh, convinced our parents to let us go and hit the road to Missouri, played some shows there. And then basically our plan was to go from Florida to California. Cause that, we thought, you know, you got to get to California to make it kind of thing. And so, um, to call it like a tour is, is, interesting because it's not like we were like an opening act or a headline act it was basically get to a town go to a bunch of bars hey can we please play here at some point in the next couple days and it was like for a lot of it it was like uh pay to play i don't know if they still do that nowadays i'm sure they do but mm -hmm. it was like you buy you got to buy x amount of tickets off them and then you can sell them for whatever you want but at least they're guaranteed their money kind of thing. Right. And so that's smart. Yeah. So yeah, we would buy whatever 300 worth of tickets and not find anyone to sell them to. So just start handing them out to people. And yeah, sometimes we'd play for the bar owner and that was about it. Sometimes there'd be a crowd there and we, and we'd play for the crowd, but basically we did that. And, and while we were in Florida, we uh, met these friends, Corey and Kirsten and, uh, they kind of took us in as their friends kind of thing. And Corey worked for a motorcycle air ride shop company and the owner of his company was having a party and, Oh, you guys should come and play at the party. And this house was basically in the same neighborhood as Shaquille O'Neal and Tiger Woods there in uh, Windermere. And so not a bad spot. Yeah. Pretty wild. I mean, I think the guy had like 20 or 30 motorcycles and not even a motorcycle license, like just, oh crazy money and, to have them yeah yeah it was wild so uh so yeah we ended up we ended up making friends with with them and he was very generous he's like hey so you know kind of thing i've spent my money worse ways what are you guys looking to do kind of thing and we're like oh well we gotta get to la somehow and he's like well basically here if you played three songs at the party here's six grand or whatever it was i forget now but it was just like here you go and uh and good luck. And then he just kind of kept helping us out the whole way. A total complete stranger all the way to, uh, to, to good friend. Like it's wild how it, I don't know. That's what I mean. It's all weird, unique things that happened and, and yeah, very interesting. But all, but all things that had to happen or you guys wouldn't have got where you did. Right. Yeah. Even like weird stuff. Like when we were going to go to LA, we were looking up trailer parks and we're like, we can't, there's no trailer parks around LA for a trailer. And so in the States they have, you probably know Craigslist. It's like our Kijiji kind of thing. And right. so there's like a bunch of ads on people that are looking for roommates or renting places. And the one person that we reached out to, uh, <laughs> I was messaging and it was a girl and she was like, I was like, Hey, so it's five guys too much. Like, <laughs> She's probably like, what the hell? But she ended up back and she's like, five of you? Like, what do you mean? What are you guys, why is there five? And we told her, oh, we're in music. And so what's pretty crazy is that ended up being, uh, her name's Syra. So the the singer on the Skrillex Bangarang and all these other things. That was no way. Her. That was her. So she was doing an album at the time with this Dean DeChoso guy. And uh, so she put us in touch with, them and we made the ultimate catch and then we 
after that was done, we we got Dean's manager at the time, Eric Klinger. He set up the whole high school California tour some point down the road for six months. So we went and toured all the high schools in California playing. That's sick. That album. Yeah, it's, it's cool. So, yeah, I, I, I read about that, how uh, the ultimate catch was it kind of caught the attention of uh, Eric. And then yeah. he introduced you guys to the producer of Headley and Simple Plan, Brian Howes. So Brian Howes is the producer. So Brian Howes is the producer for Nickelback and Headley and Simple Plan and a bunch of, bunch of different artists. I think Keith Urban. I don't know. So anyway. He helped you guys do The World Is Ours, correct? Like that's where it started. That's how that started? Yeah. So now that I'm trying to think back, I just remember we weren't with any label or anything. And the rock stuff was fun, but it wasn't really... We weren't really getting off the ground, you could say, with the rock stuff. And we were like all looking to do music as was, a... Was rock your guys' original genre? Yeah, I don't know if it's like, if you would call it rock or pop rock. I don't know. We had a we had a rock cover of Ride and Dirty. So whatever you want to classify <laughs> that as, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like pop rock, a bit, a little bit. People used to compare it a little bit to like Fall Out Boy kind of thing. Okay, yeah. But, a little like uh, pop punk. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah, so... Uh, so we decided like we need we need to make something kind of mainstream. We all like mainstream music. I don't know why we're not kind of doing it. It's mm-hmm. let's try to come up with a radio hit because that would really boost our kind of our name and everything, right? And so yeah. how we exactly got in touch with Brian Howes. If online said it was through him, it must have been through him. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, like, now, but... You can't always trust your yeah, I, I I did get it from Wikipedia. I know people yeah. go on there and edit it, but like yeah. yeah, I that's that's what I thought. So the world is ours. Um writing it. Were, are you ever part of the writing? Being yeah. Yeah, you are. Okay. Yeah, so, so um, us for that. How did that go down? Yeah, so once we got in touch with Brian through whatever way, um yeah. we asked them you know, can you hook us up? We're going to save our own money, do it ourselves kind of thing. And so we all went down to LA to Brian's studio uh, on like a writing slash producing trip. And uh, we did two songs with Brian, Tonight's the Night and World is Ours. Mm. I think the World is Ours came first, I think. Yeah, must have. And so basically us five with Brian Howes and his engineer at the time, JVP. And, uh, we were just kind of, he said, Hey, you got anything on the go or, or whatever. And we were kind of like, we want to start fresh slate. So we started just basically just jamming in the studio and, and, uh, get the guitars out and, and just kind of hum along and wait till something catchy comes. And then we eventually JVP was kind of on the production side of things and, and he was making the, all the instrumental to it and everything. And we started coming up with some words and, Actually, the funny thing, I don't know how many people know this, but uh, originally, when the song was first recorded with Brian Howes, in the time, the word swag was like, I think maybe Justin Bieber or something used the word swag, and that was like the latest term or whatever. So um, to be kind of trendy or whatever at the time, uh, The World Is Ours was actually called California Sla- uh, California Swag. Hmm. So instead of... Uh, the world is ours. It was California swag. Yeah, I think the <laughs> world is like, ours a little bit. Better. Now it's so strange we even contemplated it, but uh, yeah, but it was. I think it was thanks to Brian. He he kind of emailed and he said, you know, this this song is a hit. Um, I'm afraid that California swag will kind of date the song too much. True. Um, yeah. I think we should make it more general. Like, how about we're while we're young, we're living for today. The world is ours. More like well all the other lyrics up to now fit that fit that kind of yeah. sentence. And so we're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's change it. And so, yeah, so we, we did that song and uh, he sent us the demo of it. Now, I mean, when you're with a caliber of producer and engineer like them, the demo sounds like a finished version anyways. Mm-hmm. And so excitingly, when we got it, um, basically I emailed uh, well, I Googled, me and Steve at the time, we Googled uh, music directors at all the radio stations and made these crazy emails like 
capital letters. New smash hit from Canadian 11 past one with producer of the year, Brian Howes. And, and, uh, and so what happened is eventually some stations were, were like, yeah, right on. We'll add it. Like good song. And I'm just like, Oh shit. Yeah. We're, we're starting to, uh, get played in traction yeah. and these random places. And so I emailed Virgin radio in Toronto at the time, Corey, and uh, he was the music director there. And uh, basically it was like, Hey, Corey smash hit. Love that's why, you know, the same crazy headline. And, and he said, great song. Uh, awesome that you guys are doing this. We don't have many bands reach out to us like this, like you guys. So that's uh, like kudos to you guys kind of thing. But, um, We'll bring it into our meeting on Wednesday and we'll let you know. And so we Wednesday <laughs> right back email. Hey, so what's the word kind of thing? And yeah, everybody loves the song, but I don't think we have room for it on the radio right now. And so uh, we we're kind of bummed out about that. And then a couple of days later, we emailed back and we're like, hey, so uh, on this day, uh, we're going to come play it live for you at the Virgin Radio headquarters. No like if you don't want us there just call security, but we're going to show up. I got my Cajon, a little percussion box and we'll bring in the acoustics and we're going to, we're going to play it. And so from what I remember, we're, we're driving on the highway on our way there and listening obviously to Virgin radio. And next thing you know, they up next from Bowmanville, Ontario, 11 past one. I'm like, no way. What? That was their first time hearing it on like a major, major. Yeah. Region and, yeah. Uh, Virgin Radio is no joke, man. Especially for Toronto, right? Yeah. So we showed up there and they had like cameras and we did a whole live, like online concert thing of the song. And, uh, and that really, I got to say, probably that is what kicked off that song. If they wouldn't have come in, I don't know. It would have been interesting, but I as love soon as it. they add it, yeah. everybody followed suit, and it's wild. Yeah, I love I love that um, they didn't even need you guys to come yet, and they're like, you know what, we'll just screw it, we'll just play it. And then the yeah. you guys, and then it, it was even better because yeah, they didn't need you guys there, but then I, it, they played it, and then you get even more, make even more content. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it was awesome, and that's what kicked things off big time because as soon as they added it, then some other stations kind of hopped on board and was like, Oh, like, Hey, we want these guys too. They're the cool guys. We should be playing them as well. Yeah. And then I think, I can't remember, but I think at some point bell media, we were like bell media artist of the month or something like that. So you get a special feature and, and yeah, that's when eventually the the messages and texts started coming in being like, Hey, changing. So when did you guys, how fast did you shoot the music video then? So, we didn't have a music video, I don't think, when we first went to radio. Mm-hmm. And then Kyle, our guitarist, he has a buddy named Ben Nechtel. And Ben was, uh, I mean, he does tons of stuff now. If you look him up, he's got a huge roster of artists. Uh, he did a lot of stuff with Scott Hellman and I think the Reclaws. And and his biggest thing at the time, what he was coming off of, there's probably some in between, but uh, Call Me Maybe, Carly oh, Ray no Jepsen. Yeah, so Kyle's like, hey, my buddy did Carly Rae Jepsen's video. I wonder if he would do a video for us. So and that was a huge song of that year. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we reached out to him and basically he's like, yeah, me and my buddy, David, um, we'll shoot it for you. Uh, we should make a trip out of it. Let's go to Cuba and uh, let's have a party and shoot a video and we'll bring our, bring our stuff and we'll see what we can come up with. And next thing you know, there it is. That's crazy. So, and yeah. then you guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys would have signed with Warner Music Canada after that? Yeah, yeah. Around so, yeah, we were uh, we were already being played on the radio and stuff, and then um, that's when certain people started reaching out and whatnot, and then um, that's when Darren Gilmore, the manager um, for Headley and whoever else at the time, that's when he right, reached out. And, again, I'm not, I can't really remember – Probably through our manager. There was the a lot of stuff happening really quickly, so I don't. Blame yeah, for not yeah. Running. So, um, so yeah. Anyways, he helped kind of steer the steer the record label signing process for us, and and uh, and then yeah. And this then may we be a dumb question, but if you were still with 
Eric Klinger at the time. How do you like get out of a, a, a deal with someone and go with somebody else? Yeah. So now that I'm thinking back, I remember. Like, what, I remember was the there, like bad blood. I wouldn't necessarily say there was bad blood, but we had another manager, Jordan, for a while, and I think she came after Eric, and then and then her to Darren for a couple months just to get the deal sorted and then back to her from what I can remember. Mm -hmm. My memory is not the best, but, uh, but I do remember going from Eric to whoever it was. I was like, Oh man, that's a shitty situation. Like, yeah. Cause like, I mean like you feel bad cause he was there when you guys weren't the band that released the song, the world is ours. Right. So it's kind of yeah. like, you, you kind of feel bad a, a bit. Right. Yeah, and he was in he was in LA, and now we were back in Canada at this point. And oh. um, yeah, I remember it wasn't it wasn't like screw this guy. No, not at all. It, it was just kind of a stepping stone, and like yeah, you know, it was kind of like leaving a, a job that you like. It, I I chalk it up to something like that. It's yeah, like for sure. don't really want to have any bad blood or cause any problems, but. The, the show must go on kind of well, thing. Then, and, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the, the song was certified gold that July. And I read it spent 11 weeks on the billboards, Canadian hot 100 at peaking at 32, I think it was. And then 20 okay. weeks on the Canadian singles uh, ch uh, chart. And I think that was at like 23, 22, something like that. Uh, so that summer after the world is ours released, you guys signed with Warner brother. Yeah. What? Like, how quickly did things change? How bigger were the shows? How much more were you getting recognized and noticed? Like what was the next few months like for you guys? So after signing with Warner, we got on with uh, the Feldman group or Feldman agency as like booking agents. Hmm. And so now we're not trying to find our own shows per se. Now we're getting show offers. Well, they're getting show offers because we're on the radio at the time. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we started playing some some cool shows with some cool people. We played uh, played with Headley a couple times, with Susie McNeil out in Kirkland Lake a couple nights for uh, Sold Out Arena, which was cool there. We uh, played a bunch with Down With Webster. We played Canada Day in Celebration Square, Mississauga with Down With Webster and uh, Sound and Music Festival and all these. Played the exhibition with uh, These Kids Wear Crowns, they're called. Mm -hmm. Classic classic band from back in the day but um but yeah no the shows yeah they got bigger and then through warner there was an opportunity with family channel and so family channel liked the song and we ended up playing through family channel with our five and sunday and these people and then we went to oh man where else was that calgary calgary big ticket summer concert yeah that's what it's called big ticket Big ticket summer concert, if I can learn. That to was talk the Family about. Channel, right? Yeah, and yeah. that was cool because they put it on TV, so it was like true. Oh yeah, everybody you know what's funny? Because yeah. I mean, I was probably like sixteen, maybe fifteen at the time. I was probably still yeah. ripping Disney Channel, and, and yeah, they would have those things on, like in between the commercials, they would have like, yeah. those performances on. Now, yeah. also, older, but like because Zendaya back then was like a Disney Channel person, and like yeah. same with R Five. Did you know about them? Um. So I knew about them from like, oh, they're on that show or this, this guy yeah. in the band is on this show or mm -hmm. Zendaya, same idea, like the family channel world. It's cool to see where she's got to now. Oh That's my God, sure. she blew yeah. up. Yeah, wild. I think so, she, yeah. what was that crazy show she was in? Euphoria? Maybe. Yeah, that's it. And now yeah, she's dating Spider-Man. So it's like, oh, yeah. there you what, go. what a world. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Sampack Construction. I'm probably the least handiest person I know. And by probably, I mean I am the least handiest person I know. But that's where Sampack Construction comes in. From construction management to framing to back framing to renovations, fencing and decking to custom builds, they literally do it all. They offer services through the GTA and surrounding areas. You can email them today at sampackconstruction at live.ca to book their services. Again, that is sampackconstruction at live.ca. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then like one of the coolest ones to me, I think I, I uh, was reading about was Cody Simpson. So what show would that have been? Was that with the family, the family channel? 
So Cody Simpson, I think there was a couple maybe with him, but Cody Simpson, I'm going back in the, the memory files here. Yeah, you're good. Um, so we played, oh, what was it called now? The next superstar, something like that. It was a TV show. Oh, that um, the next uh, crap, the next star. Yeah, something like something that. Like that, yeah. Yeah, something. And the finale was at Wonderland, oh, and okay. we played the finale on TV, which was cool again for that. Yeah. And I feel like there was a bunch of different Family Channel or whatever program that that show was on people, and I feel like he was. He was there for it. That guy, but, that guy, it was huge. He blew up, got really, really big, and just said, "See ya," and made it. Yeah. Now, now he's an Olympic swimmer. It was. It, he had a oh, really no good way. Career. Yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, I can't remember if that's maybe no, it was no, that's that's, that's really cool. Mall, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it, the 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 song of Rolls Ours to me, like actually, I don't know. Did you guys ever hear that? Like it, it gave like anyone like the feeling of the Wanted, the band. Yeah, we used to get that a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I was re-listening to it the other day because it had been a while since I had heard it. And yeah, the first thing I think of was a Wanted. So, no, that's really cool, though, that like you guys were able to perform with that many people, those big names, and then being able to have Family Channel as like that engine to show you guys on TV and then you guys get more exposure. Especially yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was, right? it was cool for sure. I remember when our sec second single, uh, yeah, Tonight's the Night would have came out for the World of Zars. So I remember Tonight's the Night came out. And I remember the label and us were like, hey, Family Channel, so here's another one. Like, it's called Tonight's the Night or whatever. And I'm pretty sure there was something about, in the video, Dan, like, humps the air or something. Oh, yes, yes. I, I actually rewatched that. I watched that video. Yeah. At the very beginning, he humps the air, and then you give him, like, a weird look. Like, what the fuck? Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't watched it in so long. Yeah, but. yeah. I, I, was, I was doing some research yesterday, and I watched it. Yeah, right at the beginning of the music video, he does that. So oh, okay. So say, like, hey, like, no, we can't have that shit on Yeah, here. so I remember that was, like, a big thing. It was, like, oh, hey, we can't be having this kind of thing. And I think at that time, too, we were getting not old for Family Channel, but I remember feeling a bit weird saying, like, oh, yeah, we're we're, like, with Family Channel. Like, it was, like okay you might be a little bit too old or whatever to be to be on family channel. i don't know age is just no, it makes sense so you, you weren't going out there to cater for kids that was yeah exactly plan. yeah it just so happened that like there were kids that really enjoyed it yeah yeah and it really uh again it helped boost a lot of stuff and, well yeah and yeah. i'm pretty sure that had to have been it was either virgin radio like one of the radio stations or it would have been family channel where i first heard you guys because like yeah. They always said between the commercial breaks, they'd always have the music videos or between yeah. the shows. Like that was the first, that's where I saw Bieber for the first time. They had one, they premiered one oh, yeah. time on there. So it's like <laughs> the, the, the power of family channel is insane. Yeah, for sure. And, and then we had a song called I'm ready mm. that they used for, they had a stand up campaign against bullying. And I remember they were, using that video for like the campaign which was cool so i remember oh, sweet. having to film like little commercials for that and Bullying actually not cool like, yeah, like that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly stand yeah. up for yourself or whatever it's a good message yeah true. And at the time to be honest at the time our fan base was like basically that age and a little bit older so it was it was kind of like even though we didn't maybe relate to a lot of it personally mm -hmm the messages and stuff we would get from these people, they all, they're all going through it. Right. So it was, 100%. it was good to, good to help, to help yeah. them out in some way, I guess. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then later that year, I think, or I think it might've been 2014, you guys dropped the world's ours EP. And I saw that there were some producers, like big names you worked on the Ryan Williams, Ryan Stewart, and then um, the guy from the Goo Goo Dolls. So yeah. dropping that EP, um, you guys had worked on it for about a year and it looked like at least a year and a half because from dropping the single. So uh, what was that like, like having the fan base, like a new fan base, more eyes on you while working on the EP? Yeah, it was uh, it was a good experience. I remember there was a lot of writing trips before getting into the whole kind of industry. I didn't realize I thought up until that point, I thought if a band's playing a song like they wrote it, and they're the only ones that wrote it and that's how it goes right and then we got into the label world and they're like yeah so 
lot of the songs to give them kind of credit you get other people to come in with you on them and help the name helps out or whatever and so i remember specifically dan and i went on a writing trip to vancouver i think yeah vancouver and that's where ryan stewart we did the the song with him and uh and then just through all these different writers that the label and us helped set up um yeah we were going around writing all these different songs and just kind of sucks there's a lot of we wrote a lot of songs and there's there's a lot of them where we were all kind of pushing it was hey this should we should put put this on the album we should this is the one this is the one and then fortunately it's not just you're saying you're say only when you get into that side of things so so there was a couple ones that maybe didn't make it that if it was solely our choice definitely would have been or or release wise Hey, I don't know if we should really release this one next. Oh no, don't worry. This is the next one we should. Of so, but, was there a lot of like, be honest? Was there a lot of butting heads with the with like that thing? Like, would mm-hmm. the would you like the main group be like, hey, we really want this, and then they're just say no? Like, did you guys give a lot of pushback saying like, no, like we know we want that song on there, and then yeah, like, uh, like conflict. So for a lot of it, Warner was awesome. For a lot of it, there's their big reason why we got to where we were after signing with them. They helped kind of boost us up quite a bit. But uh, but I do remember after having the discussion of what song wants to, or what song to be released as our follow-up single or our follow-up to our follow-up or whatever. I remember, I remember there was a couple things where it was like, man, why do they, like Steve and I would talk or Steve, I and Dan, and we'd just be like, man, why do they want that song to be next? Like, we want to put out like another upbeat one. Like, why are we doing a ballad? Like, it's a great ballad. That's the one with uh, Andy Stachansky, but it was like, Hey, it's, it's a great song, but I think we got to put something out that's pumping or something. And they had their plan and, and yeah, it is. It's, it's the, the works of doing business in that, in that world, I think. Right. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Um, and then, uh, 2014, 2015, you guys toured North America and then the world is what I read. So what was that tour like and where did you go? So, um, I can't, I don't even know what years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, that, I don't know. That's, 13, that's the year 15, that you gave me, but the world that's yes it says toured across north america and the world well we played in japan switzerland no, oh I'm okay just, well then yeah, that makes sense oh, okay <laughs> i was gonna say what <laughs> no that would be uh then i would call it a world tour but mm-hmm. uh, but no i don't i wouldn't i mean the world I, is a very broad statement eh? yeah it's uh we it definitely was an international tour or anything but mm. we did a bunch of different little tours here and there. I remember playing with Tyler Shaw a lot. Nice. Uh, we did a tour with another, I don't know what network that was that put on that next star, whatever show, but there was, I think it was family channel. If, if, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. So there was uh, like YTV or something. Yeah. So I think that might've been it. Yeah. I think that might've been it. Cause we went on a tour with, um, rebel coast their name was Mm -hmm. and they were like kind of a big deal at the time in that network ytv or whatever it may have been so we did a tour with them um yeah we did i can't even remember to be honest we did a lot of played a lot of different random shows and a lot of different random places but uh 100 but yeah unfortunately to 2014 15 i don't even remember if I saw a video, I would say, oh, okay, that's the time. Exactly, yeah. Okay, cool. uh, yeah. Oh, uh, speak, speaking of videos, like I Uh-oh. mentioned earlier, I went Uh-oh. back and watched you guys. You guys had some vlogs. I think you, oh, what'd you geez. call it? 11 past one TV, I think it was. Yeah, one. yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, where did I see? It was Stouffville, Bowmanville. Yeah. Uh, Blue Mountain. I can't remember the other episodes. There's about seven episodes that I watched. Yeah. Um. So touring in like those places, like, what was that like at the time? Obviously, because this is after the world's ours. And then like having people just like film you, because like that's that's you got to feel pretty vulnerable for that because it's going out to people to watch, right? So it's yeah, like, are you ever like are trying to like to like 
act a little different in in those videos back then like you didn't want to be 100% you just cuz like you never know right i know again it was a long time ago but so i don't know if acting different is mm. true but when the camera comes to you you definitely know it's on you yeah you're you seem pretty pretty upbeat pretty energetic yeah so that's basically when I get comfortable and I mean, yeah, even still sometimes I'm like the goofy, the goofy guy, believe it or not. So um, what you saw there is basically like an exaggerated version. version. I mean, like there was, that's, I'd love to say a lot of it was acting, but yeah. unfortunately I'm just that weird and that crazy in those, in those times. But, mm -hmm. uh, but no, it was cool. Yeah. Connor Scheffler, he, uh, he was filming all of that for us and again kyle's buddy and i actually went to kindergarten with his brother believe it or not oh, so no it's way. all it's all a big small world but yeah. uh but yeah no it was cool it was the shows were were awesome blue mountain i think the coolest thing with blue mountain is i had been there snowboarding in the past and oh, there was no some way. snowboard competition king of the mountain or something and that same weekend we're playing right in the kind of the village area yeah, we're like right in the middle of the yeah village. yeah that was sweet that was a so that was that was I remember that show lots for whatever reason. Like it was just cool. They gave us a, a room right in the village there. And I think the craziest thing with that is it might have been the the first time that once the show was done, the the autograph line, like I mean, to be honest, we there was a lot of lot of concerts where there was lots of people wanting shirts and autographs and stuff. We'd be after our show, we'd we'd stay as as long as needed until the last person kind of was happy and and had what they wanted kind of thing. But I remember Blue Mountain. I don't know if it's because during the day or whatever, but just seeing this sea of people and just like, oh, they're all leading up to this little picture area where we're now taking pictures with all these people are lined up just to take a picture with us like that was such a weird feeling yeah like what are they thinking yeah it's like <laughs> why me eh? yeah it's yeah that's weird strange. Yeah. yeah very strange but it was cool i think the 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 kind of not negative thing but the the sucky thing or whatever is that the world is ours got so big as a song but for a majority of people i, I still think even in our kind of whatever our top outbreak period was um, even during that time if you were to say to anybody hey you know the, the band 11 past one i don't think many would say yeah but then you say hey have you heard this song oh i love that song and i even get it still still now having conversations with certain people and they're like oh i'll be drumming on the desk or something and they'll be like what are you a drummer I'm like, actually, yeah, yeah, I am. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're playing, playing like a band? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, uh, you like bars or like covers? And I'm like, no, we actually, you know, we play our own, played our own music. And they're like, oh, what's it called? I'm like 11 past one. And then they YouTube it and then they just freak out. And it's like, this is you. <laughs> Holy crap. What the heck? Yeah. I get that 95% of the time, which is, it's interesting. I don't know why it happened like that or how but yeah. uh either way it's uh it's good experience. I, never, I never thought of it like that that, that yeah you, yeah that it felt like the song was bigger than the band interesting yeah for sure like even nowadays i think a lot of well bowmanville is bowmanville but if you if you got out of bowmanville and you were talking to somebody and you said hey so just talking to steve from 11 past one they'd be like oh cool what's that like it's a tv right. show and they'd yeah, be like oh you, you heard that song and then maybe they're oh yeah for, oh oh cool oh yeah. sweet yeah got a lot of that yeah that's sweet i mean yeah, yeah that's 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 weird that that's yeah, gonna be an odd feeling that's not just like a normal like you blow up and then people know where you are yeah that's 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 a, a different take on it hmm. yeah um, i mean when we all got together and would go out places or we're on tour and we all go to like a mall or something then all of us together it's like i think it was a lot of like what are these guys like who's this group of guys that these random people are following around right it's like they must be something and then they come up and that's different but uh, right that's true Fair yeah enough. to the average person 
it's the song for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. so correct me if I'm wrong. You guys last released a song, which was closer in 2017. Mm, closer. And then I know recording versus release year. Like you yeah, probably yeah. think of the years as in like the recording and stuff. Yeah, no, I think there was closer. There was fly around the same period. I think they both were. And then I think more, not recent, like lately, but more recent than that, we did a project with, uh, with some people from Europe and forever now, I think was one of them and dynamite Okay, that was the other one. I'm pretty sure those were kind of like our, our later Your, yeah, releases sure. or like whatever. Late, yeah. and, okay. So yeah. what have, have you guys been like, what have you guys been up to the last like little bit? Are you guys still the, the four that we had talked about before? And like, I know, I know Daniel's like doing like a, a solo thing right now but like yeah are you guys still together performing creating new music like what's what are you guys doing now in 2023 so we never officially like disbanded there was never a bad blood moment where it was like well then go screw yourself see you later basically what it turned into was things are very expensive especially once you have a name behind you and and you have or had a label behind you it's like when you look for a deal it's like yeah well you know if we give you a deal then we got to give the next guy a deal and the next guy and so at the time it was uh because money and music you can't do it for the money that's for sure in canada anyways i can't speak for international but uh but for us in our situation it was i found a lot of the things with the label were were paid for it was covered it was an awesome experience it's beauty would never not do it but i was under the impression that you sign a label or you sign with a label and then you get like a work paycheck every two weeks or something but that's not how it goes right so it was hey you're gonna go on tour hey don't worry your accommodations are paid for and food or whatever you have an allowance for food and blah 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 but at the end of the day we're, we weren't getting any younger. And, and so not having that constant money coming in was kind of like, Hey, so, um, I'm going to have to go find a job. Like I'm going to have to go, or for a lot of it, I was working and doing music at the same time. So it was like, a lot of it was like, Hey, so, um, me and the girlfriend are thinking about moving out. And it's like, I don't know how I'm supposed to do that. If we're just focused on music and nothing's really popping off. So it's like, okay. Um, we talked about kind of getting together and releasing something way back. Like when everything was kind of fading out, we were like, okay, we got to make a big push. Then it was like, okay, well, how much money do we have to really try to get the next world desires out there? Cause the radio played a big part in, in kind of our story and our genre, I guess at the time. And, and so basically it was kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I can afford to, to fork out this much money to get a song produced and take this much time off to go on tour for a radio tour to hopefully have the song go on the radio. And we had just come off a couple of radio tours for some other songs and a couple added them, but nothing too wild. So at the end of the day, it was kind of like more depressing than not. It wasn't like none of us wanted to do it, but, uh, it's just like Dan was at the time he was you do whatever it takes kind of thing. And so just like, Hey, you know, at this point where I'm at personally, like I got to <laughs> we're thinking about buying a house and this stuff, it's be a tough go. And I can't just leave my job. I'm, I'd love to, but uh, that's my job is what's paying me kind of thing. And so Dan, he's like you said, he's doing his own solo thing and he, uh, he kept kind of pursuing and going and going. And then, um, within the past maybe two months from Dan's solo stuff, his team, um, they ended up approaching us and Dan, Steve and I, as a, as the three of us, um, kind of the original 11 past one members. And we ended up signing, um, a distribution deal, maybe 
a month ago, let's say, through uh, the orchard. So the orchard distribution and and uh, future fifth. And so with that, right now, everything's kind of just being figured out as far as the legalities and logistics of getting everything from Warner to the orchard and all this, all the legal and whatever all the mess was from that whole thing. But once that gets all ironed out, then, uh, yeah, we haven't put down the idea of us three getting together again and writing a song and, and having it promoted and going through kind of a round two with a different mindset on it. But, uh, but yeah, Dan's, Dan's doing good. He's in his kind of solo motion right now. So I don't think it'd be top priority for him to, uh, to just leave that right away and go mm-hmm. and go just full 11 past one mode. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's not out of the question for sure that once all this gets ironed out that, uh, us three get together and now we have a, we, we can have some kind of team behind us again. And, uh, yeah, right now we're just kind of waiting for everything to be sorted out. We actually have a, a meeting on Friday about the update and all that. And, um, yeah, maybe in the new year, you never know. You see, Eleven pass one, eleven pass one's back, and uh, and yeah, round two. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Eleven pass one's back. They're performing. <laughs> yeah. Come to your favorite city. Yeah, there that's we go. awesome though. That that is really cool because like yeah, that's a pretty. There's a pretty significant gap between uh, when you guys were still releasing uh, music and performing to now. So that's that's pretty cool. So with that what have you yourself been up to like the last little bit just as like, I know you're married and you, and you have a, you have a daughter. So like, what's your like day to day now? Yeah. So, um, basically at the time that music was kind of slowing down, I got into the, uh, kind of the health and safety equipment training world. And, uh, I joined up with a company called FTT and basically we go around all Ontario, um, instructing people on, 32 different courses. So anything from forklift to front end loader to, to bulldozer to overhead crane, whatever it may be, whatever the, uh, the company needs. Um, I'm one of five instructors that will go in and put on the theory course. And it's good that we did all these interviews for music and everything. So it's a little bit easier to talk in front of people. So we do the, the theory and the practical. So yeah, just been, been doing that. Um, Got married, had had our baby Quinn, like you said, pretty good name, pretty good name. See, I I give my mom shit all the time because I tell her it's I tell her it's a girl name. She doesn't, she never believes me. I've met one other male Quinn once in my life. Oh yeah, my other Quins, yeah, they're all girls. I tell her that all the time. Here's more proof. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I've I've I feel I don't know what I've heard more of guy or Where girl. Where did you guys but, get the name from? So my wife, her name's Logan. That's so but weird. My best friend's named Logan. No way. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, so she spells it L O G Y N to make it uh, unique and and I guess probably more feminine kind of thing. Yeah. Because right? even that name, it's a double name, but mm-hmm. haven't haven't met many Logans with a Y that's a girl before kind of no. thing, right? But uh, yeah. so um, so she kind of wanted to have a double name as well for for the daughter and. Nice. Uh, I forget what show she was watching, but there was a Quinn on the TV show and, and it kind of stuck with her. And then, uh, and then, yeah, we went with, with Quinn. So yeah, I've been, got married, had Quinn. Uh, we bought a house, sold a house, and then now we're still in Bowenville, but in a new house now, not brand new, but new to us house. And nice. uh, yeah, golfing, That's awesome. fishing, That's awesome. playing music. I got my, uh, my drums in here. I'm in my the man cave right now. This is uh, yeah. Got a little little bar back there and drum set and a golf simulator here. So Easy, life is. I, uh, I would never leave. Yeah, life is pretty good in this uh, <laughs> this garage over here. Thank you yeah. to, to Logan for letting me do that. But <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. How often are you out there just like ripping the drums? Is this like a daily thing? Like when obviously whenever you can. So I just set them up out here more recent than not. We decided to uh, transform our basement into like a big playroom for, for Quinn because we don't really use the basement too much. So we just made this massive kind of playroom. And so that's where the drums were before. Mm. And not everybody is a fan of banging and loud noises and just, 
I guess if you don't play drums, it sounds a lot of like smashing and crashing. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, more recent than not, like probably maybe not even a month ago, I brought them out here and, uh, and set them up and I tried to do, so I started with these mute pads on them and, uh, oh. and I have a tough time with taking it easy on the drums. Mm -hmm. I'm not first producer that we got with Dean DeJoso, he was kind of like, you got to hit harder. You're not playing R&B. You're playing yeah. rock. Hit hard. So I got really into like hitting them. <laughs> and and so, being like, also being like animated, I feel like, because like when you're yeah. doing movie videos too, you got to like have yeah. emotions and just like look like you're really into it more than you already are. Yeah, exactly. So they, I will say the first couple of weeks I had the drum mutes on them and it's just not the same sound. No, no, no way. So I will say probably honestly, Anybody in the area, sorry if you hear me, because I'm in the garage. It's not like a soundproof or anything. But, right. But the past couple of days, I mean, I don't go for hours and hours, but mm. a good 15 minutes probably every day at some point, either yeah. get home from work and hop on and just. That goes a long way, though, for yeah. you. It's kind of, but it's also at the same time, it's like riding a bike. You never forget, right? Yeah, I drum all day, every day on just about anything that's out there, anyways. So, right, so you always really have some melody really in your head, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's two more things I was gonna ask you. One, yeah. can you explain what the time bombs are? Yeah. So, um, so there's certain fan bases, like I don't know why Justin Bieber comes to head, but Justin or, Bieber's fans. I thought of too. Yeah, they like refer to themselves Beliebers, I think it's called. Or Lady Gaga has one too. I don't know. I the, the monsters. monsters. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, our fans, um, and that's one thing actually too is our fans. They're like top tier, top tier fans. Like we, we had a fan reach out to Marilyn Dennis so much that. A bit, she just couldn't say no and had to have us on no probably just to get this person to stop <laughs> messaging kind of thing i mean they they harassed virgin radio in london so much that london reached out and said can you like tell your we're not playing your song tell your fans to stop calling no it's obnoxious like what 10 times hell? a day all day and so the fan base that we that we have and that we had um they were like hardcore put everything into it like awesome really awesome like it was it made everything worth it getting all these messages from people and you helped me this and blah 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 but uh but yeah so they eventually kind of got together and 11 past one it's the time and so they're explosive like like bombs so the time bombs awesome and then yeah they started up little time bomb family and uh and i think it's cool because i still I still uh, kind of creep all our old fans on our social media and stuff every once in a while and through stories and Instagram and whatnot. And a lot of them, or some of them, they actually met each other through us. And it looks like they kind of stayed friends until now anyways. which That's is really cool. cool. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's cool. That's sweet. Um, yeah. Okay, so the last thing was... Um, you had mentioned earlier how like if you bring up randomly that you were in a band, then they figure out what it was. Are do you ever like even just being in Bowmanville because like um, it was such a big it was such a big song and like people know hey these guys are from Bowmanville. So like being in Bowmanville like on a on a daily basis, do you still got pe uh, anyone like coming up to you and be like hey like I remember you in that band, I remember that song. Yeah. So when we were when we were like pumping. Mm -hmm. people were more kind of open about coming and letting me know, obviously it's like, mm -hmm. Oh, Hey, you're in that band. Right. And not so much like, let's take a picture or anything. I mean, there was lots of that as well, but it was a lot of people were like, Oh yeah. They would start the conversation of being like, yeah, you're in that band right nowadays. I mean, it happens every once in a while to be honest. Yeah. But, uh, but a lot of it now is you're somewhere with a group of people or something and <laughs> you get talking to somebody and then they just kind of bring up, Oh no. Yeah, I know you. Yeah. You're in that band. It's like, I guess you, you never really want to be the one to bring that up. Right. No, that that's a little bit. Yeah. You never want to, yeah. You never want to be like, Hey, you remember that band? And then they're like, what <laughs> have the song queued up on my phone. Just <laughs> yeah. like waiting. For yeah. People to, to... yeah. You actually click play. You're like, Oh shit. Yeah. He goes, Hey, do you have the, the uh, song, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you have the time? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, never mind. I have the time here. Oh wait, what's this? Oh, 
Oh, sorry, my band, uh, my band song just turned on. Sorry, have you heard this one? Yeah, like a, a Cody Simpson song plays random. Yeah. yeah, I think I actually played with him once. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's, that's awesome. I love it. Well, yeah, dude, dude, I really appreciate you coming on here. Um, I'll be the. I, I think when you guys eventually, if you do come back, the first show you need to play in, is in Bowmanville, and I'll be there. So again, appreciate you coming back, uh, coming on here, and I really hope you guys do end up. Uh, getting that uh fire relit because yeah. i think uh a lot of people including me would uh, would enjoy that so yeah thank you again man for coming on here yeah thanks for having me and uh congrats with the with the quinn mar show that's awesome and uh sure look forward to seeing some uh some other podcasts that you do absolutely man all right i'll talk to you later thanks again steve all right sounds good man see ya see ya and that was the quinn mar show